Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello there, Raider Nation, and let's go. Welcome to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you once again by sportsnot.com. That's right. I am back with Sportsnot. We've teamed up once again, and I'm very happy about that. Now, those of you who tuned into the show earlier in the week over on the old network, then you heard the announcement already, and I, I do appreciate all of you who have stuck with me through all the changes with the show recently. I do apologize for that, but this is where you will find the show for the foreseeable future, so get settled in and make sure you are subscribing to the podcast. You can do that by searching for Just Pod Baby on all the major podcasts podcasting platforms. For those of you that missed the news on the last show, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, which you need to do, so go out there and do that right now. Follow me at egrope 5 so you can keep up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. I was hired this week to be a segment producer for sportshunt.com, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity, and I'm really excited to be branching out now uh, and creating content in other sports because while the Raiders and the NFL is my top passion, much like a lot of you out there, I enjoy a lot of other sports as well. And I have some other teams that I really enjoy cheering for and other sports that I enjoy watching. So um, a lot of the work that I will be doing as a segment producer is all behind the behind the scenes uh, kind of work. I'll be booking guests. I'll be pitching ideas, developing discussion points and interview topics, it's a lot of the stuff that I do here uh, for the podcast on a weekly basis, but obviously this is on a much larger scale. And, and I'm again, I'm, I'm really excited to be uh, kind of taking this journey. And I will be promoting a lot of the the work being done on SportsNot on my Twitter page, especially the segments that I am a part of and the segments that I produce. So you can expect to see some of that. Um, and if you haven't yet checked out SportsNot.com, please go ahead and do that. You know, check that site out. Uh, we cover all of the major sports, um, including NASCAR, UFC. So if you're a big UFC fan, check it out. Um, and you know Mo Moten and Scott Gilbranson, who are, are good friends of mine and good friends of the show. Um, they are also contributors there with weekly columns on the Raiders. So teaming up with those two guys once again. And and, and there's just lots of good stuff happening right now uh, over at sportshunt.com. So please check it out and I'll keep you updated on everything going on. Uh, like I said, on my Twitter. Um, let's get into the rundown for the show now Now that my um, news, <laughs> I've shared the news with you. Let's get into the rundown for this week. This is the Week 8 preview show. The Raiders travel to the Big Easy to take on the 2-5 and five Saints. We will preview the Saints with our guest this week, insider Luke Johnson, who covers the New Orleans uh, Saints for the New Orleans Advocate in Segment 2. Uh, before we do that, though, there was a trade this week that I want to discuss with you guys. And, and there seems to be an illness running through the Raiders locker room that has a few guys questionable for the game right now. So that will be something to monitor as we get closer. 
Um, those are some of the the major topics we will cover this week in segment one. Let's let's jump right into it now. Um, I mentioned a trade. Now the trade deadline is approaching next Tuesday, November first is the deadline. Uh, you have seen some moves being made by other teams. The Chiefs. Uh, Picked up Kadarius Tony today, another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. But the Raiders also made a move. They didn't bring anybody in, but they shipped somebody out. Defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins um, was was um, traded to the Cowboys along with a 2023 seventh round pick to the Cowboys. And in return, the Raiders will be re- uh, getting a 2023 sixth round pick. Now Hankins. He's only made one start this year, and he saw his snaps decrease 30% from week one to week seven. So the writing was kind of on the wall for him. He wasn't getting much playing time, and the playing time that he was getting, he was not very productive with that time. Clearly just not in the long-term plans for general manager Dave Ziegler. And keep in mind, he did sign Bilal Nichols along with a couple other uh, defensive tackles in the offseason and drafted two guys as well, Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler. Now, I expect the biggest beneficiary of the trade to be Neil Farrell. I expect him to see an uptick uh, in his snaps starting this weekend. At the moment, I have not heard the Raiders mention in any other potential deals. Um if a trade is to happen, you would imagine that it would be something to upgrade the defense. Uh, but again, at this point in time, I have not heard the Raiders link to anybody out there. Other news that I want to discuss with you, Darren Waller was back at practice this week after missing essentially the last two games with a hamstring injury. And I did see, I did see Vinny Bonsignor of the Review Journal reported, because I know there was some speculation out there about this, this was not the same hamstring that kept Waller out of training camp. So this is a new injury. This is something completely new. Um, but he, he said that he feels good and uh, it looks like he will be good to go for Sunday. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, but again, uh, I do expect him to play. And that is a scary sign for opposing defenses because that offense is really starting to click. I think it took him a few games to get it going, uh, but they are really firing on all cylinders right now. Up to the number three scoring offense in the NFL right now, Josh Jacobs in the running game, as you know, is on another level right now. I haven't seen the running game look this good in a very, very long time with the Raiders. Now you get all of the weapons in the passing game back as well. Good luck opposing defenses. Good luck. Now, if only the Raiders defense can get their acts together, this team might actually, um, you know, make a big time run here, um, you know, as the season reaches kind of the midway point here. Um, The last news topic that I wanted to mention, and I pointed it out in the rundown, is the illness that's going through the locker room right now. It's it's kept, uh, it kept four players out of practice on Wednesday. And the most notable name that we have to mention is Devontae Adams, who also did not practice on Thursday. So I guess maybe I should pump the brakes a little bit on uh, having all of the weapons in the passing game available this week because um, you never know. But from what I have read, uh, Adams is dealing with flu symptoms, but the belief is that he will play on Sunday. Now, I did see the other three players 
who were who did not practice yesterday on Wednesday with the illness were back at practice today in a limited fashion. So it looks like whatever it is that's that's going around is not something that's keeping players out for you know three to four days. It's more like a seems like a twenty four to forty eight hour bug. So I would expect to see Adams maybe get a practice in on Friday, but if not, I, I do think he'll probably play in this game just based on what I what I have uh, heard um, on Thursday. And and they're going to need him because, you know, this Raiders offense, they've been scoring points and they're going to have to score points again on Sunday. The Saints offense that they're going to be facing, you know, they've been putting up a lot of points as well in the last four weeks. And, and, so, and that's something we will talk about here in just a second. So the Raiders definitely want to be operating at full strength to make sure that they are, you know, keeping up with that Saints offense. Now, now speaking of the Saints, I want to go right into that. I want to give you my quick little overview of them before I uh, go to a break and then bring in our guest, Luke Johnson, from the New Orleans uh, Advocate in segment two. You know, I've been doing a little research on the Saints. I can't say that I've watched them a ton this year, so I had to do a little bit of digging. But in my research, what I have found about the Saints is that they're very similar to the Raiders, very similar to the Raiders. In fact, both teams um, coming into this season had really high expectations, and they have not lived up to those expectations to that, to this point in the season. Both of them have dealt with injuries, the key players. I would say probably the Saints have had more injuries than the Raiders, but um, you know, b- both teams dealing with their fair share and and another similarity is that both defenses have really been costing them games. I know that the the uh the the Saints defense gave up uh, leads to uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati. Fourth quarter leads to Minnesota and Cincinnati. So there's two games right there that the defense cost them. And they also both have new head coaches who maybe aren't the problem, but they're part of the problem, I think, in some of the struggles that they've had. So um, I thought that was interesting during my research. And, and on Wednesday... Um, the big news coming out of the Saints headquarters was 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 head coach Dennis Allen named Andy Dalton as their full-time starter going forward, opting to go with the Red Rifle over the now healthy Jameis Winston. And I want to share some numbers with you. Again, I, I did some digging. With Winston under center, the offense for the Saints averaged only 17 points a game. So they were struggling to score points. And th- uh, and in that in those three games they were only uh, they were averaging uh, 373 yards of total offense, and their record during those three games was one and two. They inserted Andy Dalton in Week Four when Winston was hurt, and since that time the offense is averaging 31 points a game and 417 yards of total offense per game. So major increases there. And a couple other stats for you. The Saints own the second most total yardage in the league right now, 2,800. The fifth most points scored, 175. The sixth most rushing yards, 994. And the eighth most passing yards, over uh, almost 1,800. So don't overlook this Saints offense. They are averaging 25 points a game on the year. That's seventh in the NFL. And, you know, Andy Dalton, he's been around a long time. He's seen a lot of things. He's played a lot of football. He's been pretty good for them. 
in four starts, he has 946 yards passing. He's completing 63% of his passes, and he's got seven touchdowns to four interceptions. And those four interceptions, excuse me, three of those four interceptions came in one game, and that was last week. So, you know, I, I think... I don't think the Raiders and I don't think Raider fans should be overlooking this game. Despite injuries to Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, they still have some weapons. Not a ton, but they have some guys that can hurt you. Rookie wideout Chris Olave, uh, he's been very, very impressive. He leads the uh, receiving group with 32 catches on 56 targets, 495 yards, and he's got two touchdowns on the season. Uh, do I have to even go through Elvin Kamara? I mean, he's a stud. He's still playing at an elite level. He can hurt you as a pass catcher out of the backfield. He can hurt you as a runner. So I think he's going to be a, a matchup problem for the Raiders. And say what you want about Taysom Hill. I, I know, you know, there was some uh, controversy over the contract, how much money he's getting paid. He can make plays. He's made. He's had a couple games this year where he's made some plays. He may not. He may not do it consistently week in week out, but occasionally, if they incorporate him in the right way, he can hurt you. So, uh, because of the, the 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 potent offenses by both teams, I I believe this will be a high scoring game. You thought the Raiders' defense was bad. Well, I, the Saints' defense is worse. They are thirty first right now in the NFL in points allowed 29 points a game right now for this defense. So definitely I think this will be a, a high scoring affair. And, and a couple of the topics that I want to ask our, our guest about Luke Johnson when we get him on the line are the injuries. And there's a bunch of them for the Saints throughout the course of the year. And I have the Thursday injury report in front of me right now. Some big names listed for the Saints. And then one of the other stats that I want to make you aware of, and um, I will ask Luke about it as well, 16 giveaways for the Saints. That is the worst in the NFL. And when you combine that with the fact that they've only, um, they only have six takeaways, that puts them at a negative 10 turnover differential. Now you combine a bad defense with a rotten turnover differential, and you can see why the Saints have struggled to a two and five start. So that is a quick little overview and some stats for you to chew on um, on the Saints. Again, this is not a game that I think the Raiders should overlook. I know a lot of fans say, oh, they can rattle off the next, you know, five or six games here. Yes, I do think this is a winnable game, but traveling east, I've talked about that. That's going to be difficult. We'll see how the Raiders handle that. And, and this Saints offense can score a lot of points. So it could be a shootout. And the Raiders are going to have to be very efficient in the red zone. They're going to have to put points on the board every opportunity they get. All right, we're off to a good start here on the Week 8 Preview Show. Time for me to step aside and get a break out of the way. And when I return, we'll chat with Saints beat writer Luke Johnson from the New Orleans Advocate. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, now part of the Sports Not Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on You're home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Raiders! News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation 
and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And welcome back, Raider Nation. Segment number two, Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote. We are now brought to you by sportsnot.com. Please subscribe to the podcast. Search Just Pod Baby on all the major podcasting platforms and make sure you follow me on Twitter at egrote5. Please, if you don't mind, also leave me a positive review and a rating. I always love getting the feedback from you, the listener. Also, if you want to send me a note, you want to send in a question uh, that I can read on air, Check me out at JustPodBaby.com, the website that is dedicated to the podcast. You can send me a message through the contact page. It goes directly to my email. I can respond to your question on air. You can also send me a DM on Twitter as well. Uh, I want to make sure I get that out there for you guys. And we're going to go right out to the phone lines now. And we're going to welcome in our guest this week, beat writer for the Saints. Luke Johnson is on the line to give us the rundown on this week's opponent, the Saints. And Luke, we thank you for the time. And I, I know the expectations for the Raiders were really high going into the season based on some of the moves they made in the off season. And so there's been a lot of disappointment from the fan base as after such a, a poor start, but what about the saints? They have gotten off to a less than ideal start as well through seven games with a two and five record. But what is the attitude with the players and coaches like in the locker room uh, as they head into this matchup with Las Vegas? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think they're all pretty upset. Um, and maybe upset is not the right word. Uh, it's, it's more like, like they know they are better than this, um, and they're really trying to push the right buttons to figure out how to turn things around. Because you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure uh, you know what the, the Raiders' outlook looks like in the, the AFC West. I know the, you know the the Chargers and the Chiefs are pretty good teams out there, but um, you know the, the NFC South is wide open, uh, even for the Saints. I, I mean, you know, we're we're talking here before the the Buccaneers play Thursday night football, but um, you know, if the Saints could go into Sunday's game, you know, a game out of first place. Um, yeah, you know, they they could potentially tie for first place in the division, and they're two and five. So you know, it's been disappointing, but they're trying to they're trying to you know balance that against the fact that, that there's there's so much still uh, left for them to accomplish this year, um, and if they could if they can just figure out how to stop doing the things that have just like tanked their season at this point. Um, you know, there's still a lot to play for, but they got to figure that stuff out. And I, I think guys are, are frustrated and they, they want to get back to playing the kind of winning football that we've, you know, kind of grown accustomed to seeing out of these guys the last couple of years. Yeah. And we will get into some of those things that are kind of hampering their season right now, but I want to, um, I want to touch on some of the big news uh, from the week uh, surrounding the Saints, and that was Dennis Allen's decision to stick with Andy Dalton over a now healthy Jameis Winston. What are some of your thoughts on that decision and, and what it means for the offense in this game versus the Raiders? Yeah, well, you know, I think I, I believe Dennis Allen when he says it's a it's a performance thing um, and not related to Jameis Winston's health. But yeah, I think the offense as a whole has has been playing pretty well since Andy took over. Um, you, you look at what's happened since week four on a per-game basis, the Saints are, I think, number three in the NFL in scoring and number three in total offense. Um, yeah, they, they've been playing pretty well on that side of the ball. Uh, and it's not just Andy Dalton. Yeah, I think they're, um, they, they've done a better job at eliminating some of the, the big negative plays, the sacks, uh, things of that nature. 
Um, they're running the ball a lot better than they did early in the season. Uh, and, you know, Andy's played for the most part mistake-free football. I, you know, there, there are obvious caveats to that. He had a pretty bad first half last week against Arizona. He threw three first half interceptions and two of them were returned for touchdowns. He's had a, he's had a fumble and a two minute drill. Um, you know, he hasn't been perfect, but I, I think the, uh, the mistakes have been kind of fewer and far between uh, with, with Andy Dalton under center than they were with James Winston for the first three games. So, and then, you know, on top of that, it's just the stuff we were just talking about. You know, they're, they're two and five and they have an opportunity here. Um, they're playing pretty well offensively. I think they don't want to. They don't want to rock the boat uh, too much and bring somebody in who hasn't played since week three, uh, and risk losing some of this offensive momentum they've been on. Yeah, and you know, you talked about some of the the numbers since Dalton has been inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, Thirty-one points a game. Uh, he's thrown for nine hundred and forty-six yards, so he, he's he's looking pretty good as he's leading that offense. Um, but as good as some of these numbers are, and they're ranked among the the top of the league in a lot of the major offensive categories. But one of the other areas that they're leading the league in is with 16 giveaways. And I think that's part of the reason why maybe, you know, along with some other reasons that we'll get into, um, and, and they have the worst turnover differential um, in the NFL at minus 10. Could you talk about how the giveaways and, and lack of takeaways on defense have, has contributed to that two and five record? I, I mean, it's the, it's the whole reason behind that two and five record. Um, you know, (laughs) if you don't force turnovers, which both the saints and the Raiders are familiar with, right? I think the Raiders are last need to force turnovers. Saints are second, second to last. They don't generate many turnovers turnovers, and then you give the ball away. You're not going to win games. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what else happens. You know, that's like, 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 let's take last week's game as an example. The saints lost that game by eight points. Uh, you know, they, they move the ball up and down the field on offense. They play great on offense. They lost the game by eight points. Arizona scored uh, 17 points off turnovers. You know, two, two of them were pick sixes. And then another one, you know, another one, Andy Dalton threw a touchdown in the red zone on a play, like a play, definitely a pass he should not have made. Um, and Arizona took the ball over and went on like an 80 yard touchdown drive. You know, it's, and, and that stuff has been happening all season long if they lost to tampa bay 20 to 10 in week two and i think tampa had 17 points off turnovers same same sort of deal and you look at you know all of these turnovers have have led to so many points for their opposition and they're they're losing all these one score games you know you can see why in bits and pieces why the saints you know a lot of us who were covering the team in training camp had fairly high expectations for the team and you know they played they played pretty well in some of these areas even without some of the big name guys like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and and others. Um, but I, I mean it's just it's impossible. Like you have to play perfect football for the other like seventy snaps when you turn the ball over three times in a game, you know. And and, and they just haven't done that. And and you know one of the reasons they haven't been able to overcome the turnovers is because their defense has has played at a below standard level. Um, you know, that was supposed to be the strength of this team coming into the season. And, you know, early in the season, they were playing okay and they were turning the ball over, but they were standing games despite that. And you know, despite the fact they were scoring 17 points a game, they were, they were in games because their defense was playing well. And then lately, you know, they're turning the ball over, but they're scoring points and their defense hasn't been able to hold up their end of the bargain. So 
it just makes it, it makes things so much harder when that's part of the calculus. Luke Johnson, Saints beat writer for the New Orleans Advocate, is our guest this week on Just Pied Baby. So you touched on a couple of things that I do want to follow up with. We'll just start with the defense because obviously that's a that's a big part of it. I believe they are 31st right now in, in scoring defense. And you mentioned it's been one of their strengths in, in, in recent years. Um, what what has been the biggest area of concern with that Saints defense, in your opinion? So I think when you look back at, at some of these Saints defenses in recent years, they did two things really well, and I think they, they kind of go hand-in-hand. Um, one is they had a dominant defensive front four where they could rely on those guys to pressure the passer and, and not blitz. I, I mean, you look at the last four seasons, they were probably top five in the NFL sacks each of those years, and they probably ranked like number 30 or 29 in, in the percentage snaps they blitzed, right? They, they had Cam Jordan, and if it wasn't Cam Jordan, it was Trey Hendrickson or Marcus Davenport, or they were getting pressure from the inside, um, and and they stopped the run, right? So you stop the run, and you force teams into these third and ten situations, and then you you get after them with four pass rushers that leave seven guys in coverage, and when those four guys are affecting the quarterback, uh, they're making them make rush throws, bad throws, they're tipping the ball, and that allowing the defense to force a lot of turnovers. And this year, they haven't stopped the run. I, I mean, they're getting gashed by guys named Eno Benjamin and uh, Cordero Patterson and Kenneth Walker. Like, those those are guys who'd be averaging, like, two yards a carry against them in recent years. Uh, instead, they're, they're rushing for, you know, 85, 120 yards, whatever the case may be. And then they're not getting after the passer. So, you know, it's kind of exposing some of their their, their – problems in the back end and and when they've had guys hurt like Marshawn Lattimore those guys aren't able to hold up nearly as long as they have in the past and uh, I think those are those are the two biggest issues that they're kind of leading to all these other you know I called it like uh, like warning indicators on the dashboard right everything's like going off right now on their defensive end or their their defensive side of the ball Uh, and that's just that was so unexpected considering you know they, they they have they have good players at every level of that defense, and none of those guys are living up to their billing right now. Well, that makes me wonder then, because um, this is the, the first year under new head coach Dennis Allen, and of course he was with the organization as the defensive coordinator for the last several years, but is he partly to blame for some of this? I mean, I, again, I know they dealt with a lot of injuries on, on both sides of the ball, but but I guess where does, where does Dennis Allen, uh, where, where is your assessment of him at this point? Well, I, I think he, he, you know, he deserves to be under some pretty heavy scrutiny right now. Um, he was he was really great as offensive coordinator. Always a plan. Um, you know, a lot of these high flying offenses would come in and play the Saints, and they'd have to get these out games. That's why it's successful. But when you look at what's happened since he's taken over as a head coach, you know, the defense has has you know, taken a, a pretty steep decline in his first year. Um, and I think a lot of that needs to fall on the players. You know, they've got some players who are not playing up to their, their usual standard, right? But you look at some of the other issues, and it's, you know, the stuff that we've been talking about that have, have just reared their ugly heads over and over and over again. You know, turnovers on offense. You know, they, they never turned the ball over under Sean Payton. But they had eight turnovers the entire 2019 season, right? They have twice that through seven games this year. Uh, they have way too many penalties. You know, and like it's, it seems like every week, you know, we're kind of talking about the same thing with them. 
where they, they keep saying, you know, we got to stop shooting our fields in the foot. And, and you know, when, when you're saying that five times out of seven games, you know, I, I think that ultimately falls on the coaching staff to get that stuff corrected. And they just haven't been able to do it so far. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think he deserves a significant portion of the blame for this start. It hasn't been perfect, but, you know, it, it's, it never is in the NFL. So anybody who watches the NFL or has watched the NFL for a long time knows it's, it's, you, you have to be able to adjust to what you have because um, you're never going to know what it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. And if there's problems that keep happening, you got to nip that stuff in the bud. Otherwise, it's going to keep happening. Um, so, you know, he's, he's got a lot to prove, I think, after seven games. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really fascinating when you when you compare these two teams, the Raiders and the Saints, both kind of have similar issues. They both dealt with some injuries, both dealing with defenses that are are not playing well at all right now, and both with um, new head coaches who um, are a little underwhelming at this point. And I think both fan bases are, are wanting a little bit more from their head coaches. We are chatting with uh, Luke Johnson, uh, beat writer for the Saints for the New Orleans Advocate. And, and I got one more for you, Luke, before I get you out of here. Um, I've been following the injury report for the Saints. Um, what is the latest that you have for us today? What is, what is the expectation um, with some of these these bigger name guys um, and their expectation that they'll play this week? What, what's their status? Yeah, I would, I would kind of expect that, that it's, it looks a lot like it did last week. Um, yeah, I wouldn't expect Michael Thomas to play. I wouldn't expect Jarvis Landry to play. I wouldn't expect Marshawn Lattimore to play. Uh, those are three pretty big guys. Um, they'll probably get uh, Paulson Adebo back. He's their other starting corner opposite Marshawn Lattimore. They really missed him last week. Yeah, last week they ended up basically playing uh, you know, Chris Harris, who yeah, I'm sure Raiders fans are familiar with him from his days with the Broncos and the Chargers. Um, he's, he's not the same all-pro player he was six, seven years ago. Um, and Justin Evans, who is a pretty good story, but you know, he, he's out of football for, for three years and he's dealing with Achilles injuries. Um, and those two guys were, were playing big-time snaps for him last week. So I, I think having having Paulson and Debo back will help, but you know, missing a, a Pro Bowl corner and you know, a, a receiver who was off to a great start and, and Michael Thomas and, and you know, Jarvis Landry, who's kind of you know, played a pretty big role in the offense before he went down. I, I mean, those are three really key guys. I, I think their offense has been able to weather the, the storm without their top receivers. Chris Olave has been really good. Um, but the, you know, missing Lattimore, especially in a game where, where you got to contend with Devontae Adams and, and maybe Darren Waller, um, yeah, I, I think that's going to really hurt. Yeah, it should be an interesting game for both teams. They desperately need to uh, get things turned around here in a hurry if they want to stay in the conversation in their respective uh, conferences and divisions. But, uh, Luke, we thank you for the time. I hope you enjoy the game and and keep up all your great work. We appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Evan. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes, Luke Johnson with the New Orleans Advocate. And I thought he gave us some good information there. Uh, A couple of the key things I wanted to point out, a couple of key takeaways uh, when he talked about some of his biggest concerns for this defense, two things he pointed out, not stopping the run and not getting after the passer were two of the keys that he mentioned about the Saints defense. Now, as far as their run defense is concerned, they do rank 22nd against the run right now. They're allowing 123 yards per game. So much like I said last week on the preview show, Josh McDaniels, don't make it complicated. This team has a weak run defense. They've been gashed, as our guest just told us. Go with the bread and butter right now, and that's the run game. Josh Jacobs has responded to the workload. He's delivered with big games. Continue to ride it out. 
until defenses uh, make a, a, a conscious effort to shut down the run, and then you go to the pass game, use the play-action pass to counter that. But until that point in time, keep the game plan simple. Feed Josh Jacobs, get him involved, and continue to ride the hot hand. Now, as far as their lack of pass rush, as Luke told us, they do have 15 sacks on the year. Uh, Demario Davis leads the way with five, and, and Cameron Jordan is second on their team with four and a half. But 15 team sacks, which puts them at about middle of the road. Now he's talking to a Raiders, he's talking to a Raiders podcast here. The Raiders only have nine sacks on the season. So when you talk about lack of a pass rush, you're kind of preaching to the choir here. But again, those are two of the weaknesses that he believes uh, are part of the problem for this uh, 31st ranked defense for the Saints. Anyways, those are some of my takeaways uh, from our conversation with uh, Luke Johnson. And again, I would monitor that injury report for uh, the Saints. Again, they got some big names on there. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, uh, Marcus Lattimore. Keep an eye on Marcus Lattimore. He has not practiced yet this week, and that'll be a big-time matchup. If he is back, although he's missed several games, you'll think he'd be matched up with Devontae Adams. So if he's not there, that gives the Raiders passing game a a big-time advantage. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's recap show. Happy to have you all aboard back with me here now on Sports Knot. And I hope that you go out there and subscribe to the show. I hope everyone enjoys the weekend. We got Halloween just around the corner. You can expect to hear from me again uh, next week on the recap show Monday night. Until then, everyone, enjoy the game. And as always, just win, baby.